guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Bad History. My Bad name, History. You cut me off. I know. I always forget it's coming, and it it's surprises me and cuts me off. But my name is Steven, and I am joined, as always, by my esteemed colleague, Dave. How you doing, hey, Dave? Steven. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Um, so, Dave, you got you got to tell me. I got to know how was your week. My week. My week was good. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving weekend is officially concluded. Thanksgiving's over. It's way over. And it you know what that means? Went. What does that mean? That means people like me can no longer complain that the Christmas ornaments are out too early. Yeah, and the Christmas <laughs> music is on the radio. Too early. Nope. Yeah, <sighs> I'm the same way. You and I are kind of the same where Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Yeah, it's my favorite holiday. It's not my favorite. I mean, I love me some Christmas, but I think Thanksgiving is probably like second. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. But I just don't appreciate that people gloss it over. Yeah, it you was it I mean? was really bad this year. Like there was Christmas shit out before oh Halloween. Before Halloween, yeah, in October, like mid October. <sighs> yeah, like Kat and I were looking for like spooky stuff to put up in the apartment, mm-hmm. and. The dreidels were already out there, you know, <laughs> like yeah, the fake trees. The fake. I want to get one of those fake trees. I know they're a little expensive, they're, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 a real tree kind of guy, but I I mean, I'll get a real tree when I get a house, but like um, as apartments go, I feel yeah. like living on the third floor and having to deal with the pine needles. Oh and my the sap. god! Yeah, like yeah, I, I, when I was living, um. At my last place, we were picking pine needles, you know, off off, off the floor. Well, you guys like, actively tried to get like the biggest tree that you could possibly find. Yeah, that tree was like ten feet tall. Yeah, it was huge. Um, but yeah, so now the Christmas music's out, and I can't really roll my eyes anymore. And uh, it's everywhere. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Black Friday happened. I Did. didn't do that shit. I didn't do that shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I ate lots of food. I took lots of naps. I saw some family. I saw my girlfriend. I saw you. We, we the other did night. see. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was an interesting night. We smoked hookah and played Slenderman. Yeah, for a whole five minutes before we couldn't do it anymore. Well, I think yeah, because it's not fun after like five. Oh, minutes. it's yeah, it's not fun. It's like, uh, like I think the other one is a lot better. Um the amnesia games you know yeah but like those other those one games were just like one gimmick like mm-hmm. one kind of scare They're it not, gets real old it gets really for the old. entire game yeah it does <sighs> um, so steven hmm. my week was pretty much engulfed by thanksgiving yes how about you did you see any good movies uh read any good books play any good video games yeah i uh i did i um I went and saw Spotlight um, with my parents and my aunt on when no not Wednesday it was Friday on Friday and it was really really good. Which one is that again? It's about the Boston Globe like investigating investigation uh, team the called Spotlight their Spotlight team and they uncovered the whole uh, like child uh, sexual abuse scandal by the Catholic Church. Oh wow. 
Yeah, and how yeah. like the the church was actively knew it was happening and was covering it up, and like relocating the priests and everything, and like you know settling outside of court for like really bad sums, like measly sums of money. And Jesus. um, yeah, it's it's an extremely extremely good movie. Ruffalo the Buffalo's in it and is really really Yo, well. Yo, Marky movie. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, he's he does a really really good job. Um, I think he's uh, he's hungry for that Oscar for best supporting. Yeah. Also, you know, this isn't a book, a movie, or a video game, but I've been listening to a podcast that I'm really enjoying currently, and oh, yeah. um, I want to talk, talk to you about it, and everyone who listens about it, because I think it's really good. It's called The Black Tapes, The Black Tapes oh, yeah. Podcast. Um, it's, uh, it's this um, serial... Like, have you listened to Serial? No. So, it's like... I don't um, listen to podcasts. Podcasts are for idiots. Yeah, it's true. I agree. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it's like this. It's this drama that, um, and it's all it's all fake. It's all like just like a made up story. But they make it. You know, they play it off like it's real. And it's like this invest this uh this um radio host goes and is like originally. You know, she says she starts this podcast to interview people with cool and interesting jobs and she starts interviewing uh paranormal like uh ghost hunters and eventually it's like spirals into this whole big thing and um it's really really good and you know kind of spooky and like a really good story and so like i've been listening to that a lot and i've been really enjoying that so um right on dude yeah and in my last week of classes go listen listen to that podcast whoever's listening now turn off this shit stop what you're doing and go listen to the black tapes podcast yeah it's good though i really if you like that kind of thing if you like the kind of paranormal um you know some parts can are like a little corny at times but that rarely a little x files a little x files at times um oh i love the x sometimes like the acting is really bad like i like you can obviously tell it's like not real and oh know. dude we could be friends with them one day and you're saying mean shit about them oh i'm just being a helpful critic dave <laughs> okay uh, but yeah so that's me that was um you know this were this were, that's that's yeah that's me <laughs> right on i uh did a lot of driving for the uh the break as well mm-hmm. and i listened to a few podcasts nice. i um i listened to some uh like comedy ones Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the Sleepy Cabin podcast, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it's made of a bunch of uh, YouTube animators, and um, I'll also listen to like um, TED Talks, their podcast. Oh yeah, that there's yeah, I love me some TED Talks. <laughs> yeah, I need to make a lot of money so I can go to one of them one day. Oh my God, right. <laughs> but uh, anyway, sounds like you had a good week. I did. It sounds like you had a good week too, Dave. I think. Everybody wants us to be done talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I want us to be done. <laughs> Let's start talking about history. All right, Stephen, play the music. <laughs> okay, Stephen. Yeah. Last week, mm-hmm. we told our many six fans and <laughs> listeners. Way to be cynical, asshole. <laughs> that um, <laughs> we're going to be doing slaves yeah famous slave narratives right mm-hmm. so i had previously mentioned my interest in one arminta minty ross 
also known as Harriet Tubman. The Tubman is in. Mm-hmm. She is my favorite uh, sort of like American um, hero from this time because she's like definitely a hero. Like, you, I don't think you can deny that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, I totally agree. The Tubman is a hero. The Tubman is and, like a hero. she's she's like a real American hero. She's not like one of those fake American heroes. She's she's you know? no she's no Christopher Columbus. She's no GI Joe. Yeah. Um, and when so, I say she's no Christopher Columbus, I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. I mean Christopher Columbus was a uh, he was a bad bad guy. You he think was he was a bad, bad guy? He was a bad. He was. He was not a good person. <laughs> I don't know. I think Christoph. I think uh, he was pretty cool. Mm, I don't agree with you there. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he didn't do bad things, but I'm also a huge fan of some pretty <laughs> bad guys in history. Let's, yeah, I know you are. Let's talk about my hero. Robert E. Lee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, we can't get that's, into this again, Dave. We that's not true. That's not true. Watch History Hangouts Episode 1. Mm-hmm. Bad History Podcast. Uh, okay, so Harriet Tubman. <laughs> Harriet Tubman was born around the year uh, 1822. Um, we don't know her exact age, and neither did she. But she was mm-hmm. born in Maryland, and she was born a slave. Stephen, I gotta do one. <laughs> I gotta do one reference. What? My name is Ash, and I am a slave. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that statement has nothing to do with the movie. Anyway, so she was born in Maryland in the 1820s, probably, but she mm-hmm. died uh, on March 10th, 1913. That's so, crazy. Yeah, her, her guesstimated age was 91 years old, could be a few years older, could be a few years younger. The latest that she is said to have been born was 1825. So she would still be in the upper 80s. Really old, yeah. So she was really old. And she grew up a slave. She grew up on a plantation. And this event happened uh, in her youth that really changed her perception of the slave as kind of like uh, this passive worker you know, face down, eyes down, you won't get in any trouble, right? Because uh, she was beat a lot. She was beat a lot. Because she was um, a slave who watched babies. And uh, from an early age, like five, if the baby woke up or cried, she mm-hmm. would get beat. Yikes. And you know babies just wake up and cry for no yeah. reason. Um, so what happened was, is... Um, her father was informed that the master of the plantation had sold his son. So there were a bunch of kids Mm -hmm. and, uh, the son's name was Moses and they were going to sell him. So the person who was buying it in the, in the plantation owner, they went out and, uh, Harriet Tubman witnessed her father stand in front of the door to the slave house. Mm -hmm. And he said, and I quote from uh, Harriet Tubman's scholar, Kate Larson, You are after my son, but the first man that comes into this house, I will split his head open. Whoa. And that was a slave talking to his master. And uh, she had never seen that before. And it completely changed her perception on the role of slavery and the role of resistance. 
So what what did what did old Harriet do? What did what did she do? Dave? She got the fuck out of there, man. She <laughs> left. She probably should have. She ran and she escaped to Pennsylvania. There was a three hundred dollar reward out for her, wow. and uh, that that was a lot of money back yeah. then. Back in back in those days, three hundred dollars could buy you uh, a person, probably. <laughs> Whoa! It can, it could. Yeah, technically it could. Um, so she got to Pennsylvania, which uh, had, you know, it was like a free zone for former slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she wasn't happy. She wanted to bring her family and other people on the plantation up north. So over the next few years, she made uh, 13 round-trip missions back to the plantation and surrounding plantations in Maryland and helped free approximately 70 slaves. So 70 people got their freedom because they were, you know, out in the middle of the night running through swamps using the Underground Railroad uh, with, with Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the story that everybody knows. Right. Everybody knows that she was the Moses of the slave exodus. I think um, we also need to clarify that the Underground Railroad was not actually an underground railroad. New York subway. It's the B line. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's just like a... It's just a, a sort of... It's like a, of spoken uh sort of like system of aiding fugitive slaves get to the north and um so that's that's the harriet tubman that everybody knows Mm -hmm. i want to talk about the harriet tubman that many might not know which is the pro-emancipation freedom fighter like fighter like anti-government conspirator okay she was an abolitionist insurgent so she like wow. I want you to imagine like Harriet Tubman as you do. Mm-hmm. She's probably got like a bonnet and like a dress, and she looks like you know really uncomfortable. And I want you to strap a couple bandoliers on her, <laughs> give her some some running pants and shoes. So I'm picturing Billy the Kid, but Harriet Tubman, but a black woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not true. But I want you to picture that. Okay. So, um, she was a huge anti-government activists especially in the south and uh she was almost like a spy actually she was a spy um so there's this little well-known uh crazy man slash holy warrior named john brown okay rip john mm-hmm. brown uh john brown was this violent uh militaristic abolitionist who believed that the slaves should be freed no matter the cost, in blood and body bags. And um, he's famous for uh, pushing and advocating violence in the abolitionist movement, where before it was pretty peaceful. Mm-hmm. And uh, he joined up with um, Harriet Tubman. So John Brown is famous for his raid on Harper's Ferry, or Harper's Ferry Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the... Didn't, that didn't exactly work out well. It didn't exactly work out well. It, it was the storehouse for, like, a lot of the munitions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Harriet Tubman worked directly alongside John Brown. He called her General Tubman. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> and through her knowledge of, uh, you know, rural Maryland and Delaware and Pennsylvania, through her um, escapes 
and just like she knew the area really well where to hide where to hide groups of people where to move so not to be spotted she actually helped plan the raid on harper's ferry oh wow um she also was very big in recruiting for the cause a lot of people don't know this about her but she was constantly making visits to the south helping fugitive slaves get to the north it was constantly advocating for joining the uh, union cause and she actually turned many many uh freed slaves into soldiers for the union so she pretty much helped supply john brown's uh you know abolitionist insurgency uh, she wasn't mm-hmm. present when the um, attack happened in harper's ferry which as we know it failed and john brown was hung yeah uh, but a lot of she, she was in uh, either new york or canada it's not clear but what was clear is that john brown saw that she was more important than like she couldn't be caught Mm-hmm. there if it failed she, yeah, need, she, he she needed her to be out there cause. doing her thing because it was so important like right. her recruiting and her speeching so <clears throat> so she lived through that and then she became a very important leader during the civil war so she goes from anti-government insurgent to soldier essentially during the civil war Harry Tubman didn't fuck around, okay? Oh, she no. fucking picked up the gun. So, <laughs> awesome. uh, during the Civil War, she actually went to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and Port Royal, South Carolina, which is um, in the southern end, or the yeah southern end of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was assisting with fugitive slaves, and like I said, she was gathering these slaves to start Black Union regiments, right? And, and she got a lot of response. While she was in Port Royal, she also acted as a nurse. But what's really impressive about Harriet Tubman, and a lot of people don't know, and I mentioned it earlier, is that she is technically the first woman to lead an armed assault in the U.S. Wow. military. And this was That's during awesome. the Civil War. So, on the Combahee River, uh, which is in South Carolina, I think, Um, there were a bunch of plantations along it it was used as like a major pathway for uh, trade and stuff and what these the confederate soldiers had done is they put mines in the river and she was very familiar with this because of her helping with the fugitive slaves she actually guided three assault steamships from the union army um, she she led them through the Combahee River around the Confederate mines. Holy cow! Yeah, so she she was there, and um, this led to um, the burning and destruction of all these plantations and uh, the securing of the Combahee River for the Union. And she also, in the process, uh, freed seven hundred and fifty slaves wow. that were in these plantations. So three fourths of a thousand people in this one sort of sweep um while she was in south carolina she also witnessed the raid of fort wagner in south carolina by the massachusetts 501st all black regiment led by robert gould shaw 
famous for the movie Glory. Mm -hmm. She actually helped out in the camp. And uh, it is actually said that she prepared uh, Robert Gould Shaw, that she prepared his last meal, knowing full well that it was going to be his last meal. Because if you remember the the stories, he volunteered the 501st to lead the charge into Fort Wagner. Yeah. And he himself died in the fighting, along with a lot of the other Like the majority of the 501st. Yeah, yeah. And, um... She sat and she she watched the fight, and um, she has this really badass quote that she uses to describe the taking of Fort Wagner, and it's really metal, and it's so cool. She says, and then we saw the lightning, and that was the guns, and then we heard the thunder, and that was the big guns, and then we heard the rain falling. And that was the drops of blood falling. And when we came to get the crops, it was dead men that we reaped. Whoa. That's Jesus. Nice. Jesus. Harriet Tubman, you god. <laughs> so she was she was very active um, in military and paramilitary operations operations during the Civil War. Mm. Um, after the Civil War. Um, Harriet Tubman's story kind of turns a little sad, and uh, I'd like to talk about that with you now, Stephen. So, a lot of people who know Harriet Tubman's history know her as someone who freed slaves Mm -hmm. after escaping slavery, and she was an advocate for emancipation, and that's it. They don't know really about her being a soldier, and they also don't really know anything that happened to her. Mm-hmm. So, despite technically being a soldier and a government government employee, she never received a salary from the U.S. government. Oh, wow. Uh, she was always considered second class when she was in the camps, despite being, like, a huge help in keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, she received no pension or assistance upon the completion of the Civil War. And uh, she ended up dedicating her life to helping others like fugitive slaves and family members and she worked for nothing and this this kept Harriet Tubman in a state of constant poverty until the day she died like profound poverty and uh, it's like really sad because she's like such a giant in American history like as, as like a folklore character you know like up until this point uh the three most famous civilians uh, in, like, American history are probably, like, Paul Revere, uh, Harriet Tubman, and then, like, Johnny Appleseed, and that motherfucker ain't even real. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And, um... So she she was poor. Um, On the way home from the Civil War, uh, there was an incident on the train where the conductor... Uh, told her she had to move to the back into the smoking car and she pulled a Rosa Parks uh, she said she said no I'm a government employee I deserve to be here Uh, and she got booed everyone on the train booed her and the conductor and like a few other guys grabbed her broke her arm 
and then physically threw her into the smoking cab where she sustained Jesus. further in injuries. Um, another incident happened where um, she was actually swindled out of her land and all of her money by two con men after the Civil War. And uh, <laughs> so she lived a really, really rough life That's really after shitty. being considered like one of the greatest heroes in American yeah. history. And, and like she continued to work uh, in acclimating uh, former slaves. She also was really big in the women's suffrage movement. She was super BFFs with Susan mm -hmm. B. Anthony and uh, they hung out all the time and like went to happy hour it. and stuff they kicked it yeah. they kicked it mad chill but um it was after she died in the year 1913 one year before the start of world war one ladies and gentlemen yeah. that's how old this woman was yeah that's crazy she survived from the civil war almost to world war one she was alive for the spanish American War. She was alive yeah. for like the Mexican American War. That's she was alive for the crazy. Civil War. She was alive for General Custer. You know, like she was alive for the Russia Japanese War. She was alive for a lot. Uh, she saw electricity being like really implemented. Um, so this woman, she lived a long time, and it wasn't until her death that like she really received sort of like the respect an honor that she really deserved and she was buried finally with military honors at fort hill cemetery in auburn new york so finally acknowledging her mm. accomplishments in the u.s military during the civil war and that's you know it sucks but that's kind of the case with a lot of these slave narratives is yeah. it's trouble and it's rough and then there's like a moment or two of triumph and then it's just completely followed by more mm. uh, hardship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like when it's, Solomon Northup received his slavery, or yeah, he got put into slavery. He didn't mm -hmm. receive his slavery. He was put into slavery. He received it <laughs> illegally. Yeah. Once he got his freedom back, he couldn't prosecute the people who put him into slavery because he was yeah, black. Yeah. Awful. And like. <laughs> They were like, just like, yeah. deal with it, you know? And, like, what really sucks about the, um, about, you know, this and, like, what we're talking about is that we've only, like, what we have, the information we have is only, like, the tip of the iceberg for what actually happened that we just have no way of knowing about. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Like, nobody like, was, was taking down no stories one was taking down of notes, all these slaves. You know, like, yeah. you know, and it's, like, it was hard enough to have information about people that, um, during that time period who were white is even harder to have information during that time period about people who were black and you know who were in slavery even like out, out of slavery and it's you know it's it's the really it's the sad truth to the to the slave narrative is that so often the, the voices go unheard and uh, we only really get to hear the select few because that's all we have really access to yeah but, definitely yeah. Anyway, that's my story on Harry Tubman. Well, that was really, really interesting. I didn't know any of that. So that was like really cool to hear. Would you? Uh, uh, I would say it was. I would say it was good would scrolls. You, would you say it was good scrolls? Yeah, I would say. It was good <laughs> I always got a fucking preposition, you Steve. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Listen, 
It's the you fucking jumped, catchphrase. It's the goddamn jumped, catchphrase. You jumped ahead of me. It's on the t-shirts. It. It's on, it is on the t-shirts. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can buy t-shirts, actually, at um, Bad History uh, 2020 Podcast uh, at Hotmail floor, forward, floor, uh, forward slash uh, 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 good vibes dot gspace dot com dot gov one eight hundred bad history t shirt uh you you you'll talk to our representative Josh he uh dude he, fuck Josh he, he knows very little about how the whole business works but he'll help you out we don't got any fucking t shirts don't we try don't to find these <laughs> anyway oh, so Stephen. Let's, it's time for you. Play the yeah, music. Let's play the intro music. <laughs> so, um, the, the 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 story that I chose is one that a lot of people know, probably more than Harry Tubman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I chose to talk about Frederick Douglass today. Yo. And, um, you know, if you've ever been in a high school history class, you've guaranteed you know about uh frederick Douglass. just uh, before i get started i want to say that the kind of biography that i'm gonna that i'm gonna talk about is um i'm it's gonna be short and it's gonna be simple because i really want to talk about the impact that his um autobiography kind of had on the world let's do it he so frederick Douglass was born in 1818 so a few years before Harry Tubman, and um, he dies in 1895, and uh, he's another old guy. Yeah, he was he was pretty old. Um, he is born on a plantation in Maryland, and uh, he moves around somewhat, but stays in the state of Maryland. And he's uh, he's separated from his family at a pretty early age, and when he's at this this one plantation house that he's it's his last. Uh, the last like family that he's with. Sorry, there we go. Like like the his um the last plantation that he's on, the plantation owner's wife starts teaching him the alphabet, teaching him how to read. Ooh, and so this is kind of the spark for uh for what would later become, you know, his whole his whole writing career and his whole speaking career. Though the wife of the slave of his um of the plantation owner starts teaching him the alphabet. Uh and one day the um the owner of the plantation catches his wife doing this. He catches his wife uh, teaching uh, Douglas the alphabet and says, um, you know, that if if a slave learns how to read, then they will realize how, how crappy their life is and want to get freedom. It's pretty much like the gist of what he says. And Frederick Douglass says that this is the first time he ever heard an anti-slavery speech and or anti-slavery talk. And that really, this is what propelled him to really you know, educate himself and teach himself how to read and yeah. really try to escape this bondage that he had found himself in. And so, uh, what he does is he tries multiple times to escape and, um, he eventually does escape. He jumps on, he jumps in onto a train and makes his way, uh, North to, um, freed area. And, you know, he's in Maryland. So it's, it was, it's relatively easy to do this. Um, he just kind of made his way up to New York uh, on the train. And so he's in New York and, um, he starts, he starts kind of getting in with, uh, some religious organizations. 
and know. starts um, he starts giving speeches and starts preaching, and you know this preaching and this public speaking allowed him to get over, you know, or to made him more comfortable talking about his his life as a slave previous to this, and yeah. um, you know that was really important to him because it it, it allowed him it gave him the courage and the push that he needed to write um, narrative of life of Frederick Douglass, an American slave, which is one of the most famous pieces of, you know, probably one of the most famous books, definitely one of the most famous autobiographies ever written. Oh yeah. Um, you got to yeah, read that. Yeah. And, um, it's like mandatory. Yeah. And so he, he, that's published in 1845 and it's, you know, instantly a bestseller. People are gobbling it up. And, um, so right here is, you know, kind of, you got to use your historical thinking a little bit. And something I think is really interesting is, so the people you would think like, uh, oh, the people who would be reading this would be African-Americans like slaves or, you know, freedmen. And it's like, well, no, you know, while some of them I've certainly wore, you know, the majority of them had to be white. Right. If it's to be a national, if it's to be a bad national bestseller, a lot of them are, have to be have to be white. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, j- just to make it, you know, you know, to make sense, and um, which I think is really interesting that so many that 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 now people have access to this book that says like shows the horrors of slavery, and uh, you know, in many ways, I think it's it it pushes people to really question the society they live in and to question the system they live in. Um, but uh, I mean, he also comes into some criticism and a lot of people are doubting that he actually wrote it because it's such a good, like, you know, because it's, it's, it's so well written. Um, and, Oh, it's uh, so good. Like, yeah, even if you're not into history, it's just an amazing book and it's super easy to read. Yeah. And it's really, um, you know, there's no fluff. There's no sort of like dancing around it. He's really, he's really to the point. He's really, you know, like it's just, it's just a very, very well written, good book. Um, so, um, he 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 becomes very popular. He becomes like, you know, obviously a very, very popular figure after this. And because of that, uh, he's encouraged to travel abroad because, uh, you know, he's still technically a fugitive slave, right? Yeah. And so he travels abroad, he, he heads to the British Isles, and um, he spends time over there, and he's, you know, he's really s- shocked at the, um, at the fact that there's, you know, these less, you know, but the, the, the lack of racial discrimination while he's in, uh, well, he's in Ireland, in Britain. Um, Ireland yeah. at the time was racially discriminated against. Yeah, yeah. Seriously though, like <laughs> yeah, hardcore, hardcore. Because this is right around the time as the uh, around the time of the Irish potato famine. So the yeah. first first wave of Irish immigrants is coming to America, and you know, spoiler alert: people are not happy about that. Um, but I think that's a whole episode in itself of talking about immigration of the t- of the late eighteen hundreds. But uh, he comes back to the United States and he is now no longer uh, just a writer. He's a political figure. Um, you know, he's someone who has a public voice. And what I, you know, what's so admirable about Frederick Douglass is that he could have easily said, well, I did my part and now I can just go and like 
find chill some place out. to retire and keep writing occasionally and just chill. But he doesn't. He's you know he he takes it upon himself to um, to keep pushing for the stuff he believes in, which I think is like so cool. Uh, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people associate with him with is the women's rights, and yeah. um, which really ties into Harriet Tubman. But he def- he really believed that women, you know, if African American males should have all the rights as white males, why shouldn't women have all the rights as males? And he really believed that, and he believed that a you know that emancipation and freedom couldn't happen without the support of women. And so um, he is actually attends Seneca Falls in uh, 1848. And yeah. Dave, do you know you you know about Seneca Falls? Yeah, it's in New York. It's um, that big waterfall that shares the border with Canada, right? Um, <laughs> yes, it's. Uh, no, that's Niagara Falls. I know it's Niagara Falls. Uh, <laughs> no, Seneca Falls was a a suffrage, a big suffrage mm-hmm. convention. Big suffrage is one of the first of its kind. And um, he attends it and actually gives apparently a very uh, rousing lecture there. And uh, it, that Seneca Falls is really the first step in the whole women's rights movement leading up to uh, women's suffrage um, and the passing of the 19th Amendment. Uh, after, the, uh, uh, after the Civil War breaks out, Frederick Douglass, you know, of course, he really kind of uh, finds a good ally with Lincoln. And the is bros. Uh, yeah, they are. They actually like they they definitely are. And um, they start rallying for, or, or he starts rallying for emancipation. And of course, uh, you know Lincoln does eventually emancipate slaves, and he re- works really closely with Lincoln and making that work and uh, trying to get a bunch of slaves up north. And so he really works closely with Lincoln. And eventually, after the Civil War ends and Reconstruction begins. He becomes even more of a political figure, and if you know, um, I definitely want to do a Reconstruction episode because it's yeah, it's just kind of a sh- really, uh, it's a it's a really huge blunder in American history is Reconstruction. Uh, oh yeah, but he works really closely um, with uh, with with uh, political figures during Reconstruction, and he actually is nominated for vice president. And uh, he obviously, you know, obviously doesn't win. Yes, history will tell, tell us he doesn't win. Um, yeah. But he's nominated. He's the first African American male, African American to be nominated for uh, vice president. It's crazy, <clears throat> right? It is. And uh, and so um, he becomes very much a political figure during this time period. And uh, you know, after after you know after this point, he really just kind of just keeps writing and retires to Washington D.C. And uh, lives out his final final days there. Um, so not as uh, you know, his life doesn't really have like a really sour end like uh, uh, Harriet Tubman's does. But um, it's really interesting to see the evolution of Frederick Douglass throughout the ages. He becomes a, from from a slave to a writer to a very prominent political figure, which I think is really really cool. Um, and he's a he looks like a badass. Oh Look my god! Of him. Look at pictures of young Frederick Douglass. Like he, he looked like you. You want to fuck with that guy? <laughs> damn, yeah. He was gonna emancipate your face. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what I really wanted to talk about here is 
the narrative of life of uh, Frederick Douglass. And um, I think it's one of the most important uh, pieces of historical work I would say ever written. Um, certainly for American history, yeah. one of the most important pieces. Um, and the reason is because, A, it's not pretentious. You know what I mean? It's not something where people can gather around and debate what the author meant by this line. It's, it's very, you know, this was what happened to me. And, you know, this is the truth. And there's, you know, there's not fluff. There's this is what happened, which I think is awesome. And then yeah. also it's, it's something that uh, showed people of the time period what the hell was actually going on. People were largely, I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people were ignoring or didn't understand or were just like, didn't care about what was happening to these men and women and children. Um, But all of a sudden you have a a national bestseller that's, you know, explaining what's happening. I mean, it's the same, you know, same effect of Uncle Tom's Cabin, right? right. And uh, so, you know, in that regard, it's extremely important. And even today, throughout the ages, it's it keeps us reminded of, like, what happened. And uh, it's something that we can turn back to and that we can analyze and we can look at. And we, we I think it's always important to understand that this happened, and it was, oh, yeah. it was, it was a really dark pe- time period. It was really crappy, and you know we shouldn't and we can't forget about what these people went through. And the fact that it's still being read today is amazing. Like not only read today, but widely read today. So much so that almost, like I would guarantee that <clears throat> probably I would say at least half of all Americans have been if not read it, read passages of it, or been interested. Oh, yeah, like if you, know if, what you I mean? gradu- if you graduated high school you in graduated the last high school, 20 years, yeah, definitely. You definitely have, and um, not a lot of books have that same effect. Um, not a lot of books are, you know, almost required to understand the scope of American history because um, slavery did have this just huge effect on the... Um, the way that American history is played out, and I would think we would be uh, foolish and ignorant to say that we're not still feeling the effects of slavery today, and yeah. of a whole discrimination of a whole entire group of people that you know makes up like eighteen percent of America's population currently. Yeah. Um, we're still feeling the effects of what they went through, and you know when they first came to this country. So I think that this book the 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 book that Frederick Douglass wrote serves an important point of opening up that narrative to especially students. I mean, I think we're so scared to talk about race and to talk about race race problems and areas of discrimination within our society. But I think it's really difficult to talk about that though. Mm-hmm. Like it's just because some people are so sensitive. Do you know what I mean? And like, like I think de- the- depending on who you get in the conversation, mm-hmm. you could have someone who will be offended by the term black or african-american or colored and and like it's almost like the language itself is barring us from having these conversations do you know what i mean and the problem is though is that you can have i think especially with middle schoolers they aren't offended by anything yeah um like like of that sort of nature yeah 
um, you know, you can have these conversations and even at high school. Uh, and the problem is, is that so many people are, you know, we, we joke about it all the time about being too PC, but, uh, we kind of breed a society of PC because we don't, we refuse to talk about these things. And because we refuse to, to address these issues when we are, when we can still, when we still want to and are like open to and don't get offended. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like academic so, uh, conversations are not supposed to be comfortable. They're supposed right, to be exactly. uncomfortable. Like, um, you know, I think the, I can't remember, um, way, I think it was, I was listening to NPR and they were talking about how, um, you know, they, like the issue of death is like such a taboo topic to talk about, but it's something that happens to every single person. And like, and every single person has experienced death of a loved one or or relative. And, you know, why are we, why is it such a taboo topic? And I think race is the same way where, um, you know, we limit ourselves if we don't realize that, Hey, you know, people live in different cultures and people live in different, you know, you know, even within a city or a town, it's like, there's not just one narrative to a person's life. Like everyone has a different narrative and like we should embrace these and talk about them and talk about the problems. And like, that's the only way that they're, they're going to be addressed is if we realize, is realize that there is a problem. And, uh, so I think, I think Frederick Doug- Douglass's slave narrative does a good job of opening up that discussion or at least, uh, you know, it presents the door and it's yeah. up to the teacher to walk through that door and open that door and talk to us, talk to the, like their students about what's like, you know, the problems of today's society. Um, so that was my little rant. Um, and that's why I really like Frederick Douglass's book. And that's why when I, if I teach us history, which I probably will at some point, um, I'm going to at least require passages be read, uh, when we talk about, uh, just, Civil War and just make him read the whole thing. We had to read the whole thing. Yeah. In well, we had to read the whole thing in English, and English. Um, reading a whole book is kind of like watching a whole movie in a class. Where odds are, it's just all you know. Some of it's a waste of time, and you can really cut stuff out if you just give excerpts. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, so so yeah, so I'll probably. I mean, I'll definitely make my students read excerpts of that book because I think you know. Um, one thing I'm learning about a lot right now is that you should be talking about race and you should be talking about the racial problems that are happening within our society. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of was my whole thing. I kind of went off on a rant there, but uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good story. Did you get good scrolls? Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, um, I love me some free Doug. Some free um, Doug. I think like um, like the uh, those the like the like big three um, mm-hmm. like civil rights um, like speakers I guess so like I, I wouldn't put Harriet Tubman in that group it's it's pretty much like um, Frederick Douglass and Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King mm-hmm. and like. You know, Frederick Douglass was like a hundred years before the other two, and uh, his yeah. shit was still relevant when. Oh yeah. When the other two were like, you know, doing their thing. Oh yeah. So he's a super important guy. <laughs> yeah, he is, and um, and I mean, I can I can talk about uh, you know, like there's some uh, there's some other very important um African American uh, 
like civil rights leaders, of course, um, you know, like W.E.B. Du Bois and uh, <clears throat> guys like that. And so I think, you know. You talking about Booker T? Booker T? <laughs> Booker T, Washington. Booker T. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think, I think Frederick Douglass is definitely an important person to have in the conversation when you're talking about civil rights because um, he was like early, early civil rights for sure. That was a good story, Stephen. I really enjoyed Thanks, this man. topic. I appreciate that. Um, I actually, I think on this specific, like doing research for this, I think I learned the most so far of uh, oh, like really? st- stuff I didn't know. Yeah, like I had, nice. I had no idea that like Harriet Tubman had uh, done all that stuff. You know, like yeah, like, I didn't know that either. That's crazy. Like I said, like uh, I was one of those people who just assumed she was like somebody who worked in the Underground Railroad. You know, right, right, yeah. That that's all she did. That's like I didn't definitely did not know. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun for me. That's um, really cool. Yeah. So next week, um, let's lighten the mood a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, we definitely think- should lighten the mood. Oh, do we want to do uh, our our favorite misconceptions in history next week? Uh, sure. That sounds good. All right, cool. So I think I got into that a little bit in the intro episode. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. I'll have yeah, to yeah. come up with something else. I'll, I'll talk about something a little more specific. I think. Um, yeah, we do. We definitely will, and we don't have to think about it right now. Yeah, we've got all the time in the world. All the Y'all time don't know this, world, but man. we actually record these five in a row, and it takes forever. Mm-hmm, I'm just kidding. That's that's not true. No. God, that'd be awful. Can you imagine? Oh my God, I know a lot of podcasts do that. Oh, man, yeah, I, I couldn't do that. I I wanted to die after history hangouts. Oh my god. Well, yeah. <laughs> also, look we'll for, look out for one of those again sometime soon. I think we'll, we'll be recording one of those uh soonish. Yeah, do you know what that that topic's going to be? Did we are we doing World War 2 or something else? I think we should leave it as a surprise. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, until next time, guys. We've rambled on for far too long. <laughs> my name's Dave. Well, my name is Steven. Actually, before we go, Dave. Uh-oh. Uh, before I we go, Dave. fucking jumped the gun. You jumped the gun, Dave. You jumped <laughs> the gun a little bit. Um, I wanted to talk about our social medias. And uh, so we uh, we have a Twitter. It's at BadHistoryCast. You can find us there. Tweet okay. us. Twit. Uh, beat us. Beat us. Tweet us if you want to reach us. Um, and we also are on Facebook. Our Facebook is Bad History Podcast. You can just search for it. You can find us there. Like our page. You can go ahead and do that. Um, Give us a licky like. Licky like. I think Dave's going to come up with a cover photo soon. Don't Uh, rush me. Don't rush you. You can't ever rush an artist. You know what we should do? What? Um, We should should do that. And then I should also actually put them on youtube like i said i was gonna do <laughs> i i i i think i put the first one on youtube Either Did I put you? the, or i made the first one and i'm gonna put it on youtube okay that sounds good yeah so be if you don't want to go on itunes or podomatic or soundcloud or whatever the fuck we use i don't even know uh and you'd rather just I can, use I, youtube because it's totally non-committal that is in the works um yeah also yeah. Stay away from uh, drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. sharp weapons, mm-hmm. uh, love love your family, mm-hmm. and have 
an awesome week, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening uh, to Bad History. Thank you so much for listening to Bad History, guys. And uh, you can check check this this and future episodes out on uh, SoundCloud and uh, Oh, my iTunes. God. We're still plugging? Uh, I'm still plugging. I don't Jesus know about you. Jesus Christ. Listen, you, you, you took over the conversation. I was still plugging. And I'm trying to off. end it. I'm trying to get us out of I here, I know man. you're trying to end it, end it Dave. I know we you have, are. But... We have an official plug that plays at the end. Are we not using uh, that anymore? No, because I'm talking about it. That, oh we don't my... have to put the official plug in. Dude, I'm putting the plug at the end. Fuck it. Um, I think I'm editing this episode, and I'm not going to put the plug in at the end. Oh, God. Uh, but we're on iTunes and SoundCloud, and if you want to rate and review us on iTunes, that'd be super, super chill. And uh, you can share us and all that good stuff. We're also on uh, Stitcher and Spreaker. Spreaker? I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Um, and so you can check us out on there. Uh, and Okay, that's the end of my plug, Dave. I promise. Jesus. Uh, anyway, well, thank you for listening and bearing with us <laughs> through, this, through this twisty and turning ending. Do what? I already said it. Fuck it. Goodbye, right, everyone. Cool. I'm Steven. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> we'll catch you next week.